Hello friends, Mike Cleveland here with you and with my wife Jody. Jody, I'm so glad to do another podcast with you today. Mm, I love you so much and I'm so thankful to be able to do these with you too. And just to share with our listeners about the beauty of the gospel and the power it has to transform our lives. Amen. Well, we've been looking at the differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, specifically how they play out in relationships. And we've come now to Hebrews chapter 9. We just read about how only the high priest could go into the most holy place. In other words, everybody else was kept out because of their sin, and the high priest had to take blood in. And verse 9 says... This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. Jody, that's a most important point that we under the old covenant, the people under the old covenant, could not have cleansed consciences. Right. They had nagging guilt. They did. They had thoughts of their sin that plagued them. And they could watch as the blood was shed of the animal, and they would say, you know, surely that uh, is going to make me uh, better, you know, that that would forgive my sin. But why do they keep offering these every year? Right. Well, a tradition holds that whenever the priest would come out after offering the atonement sacrifice, he would um, exit And the people would all see him and cheer and shout for joy, right? But then you think about that, the very, you know, maybe next hour, maybe they made it to the next day before they sinned in some other way or offended someone or whatever. And now, oh, it started all over again, right? Right. And now we have to wait a whole nother year before we get another day of atonement. And I can feel that relief and that joy momentarily, you know, just I can breathe easy. And um, But it's not that way for us. Right. And that's the point. Yeah. It, they could not have a cleansed conscience. We, because we see that the blood of Jesus was shed once and for all. Right. We are completely forgiven, yes. completely cleansed. Yes. Our consciences are cleansed. They no longer condemn us. Right. Our consciences, as we wash in this blood of Jesus, mm. as we see all our sins nailed to the cross, right. our record of wrongs being destroyed, obliterated. Right. It it cleanses our consciences. We no longer have to have awareness of our sin. Right. Because it all went to Jesus Christ. And so By contrast here, under the Old Covenant, they could not have their consciences cleansed. We, under the New Covenant, have cleansed consciences. Now, talk for a minute about the difference between living with a guilty conscience and a dark conscience and conscience with blots of sin on it versus having a clean conscience and a clear conscience. What might those differences be in interacting in relationships? Well, I think with a guilty conscience, when you're when you're um, feeling bad about your sin, a lot of times it makes you defensive or um, excusatory, right? So you're wanting to say, well, if you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done that. 
I could be a good and loving, perfect wife if you would just be a good, perfect husband. You know, there's always this finger pointing and this edginess, this bitiness that comes with someone who has a guilty conscience. There becomes secretiveness and hiding. Um, you know, so maybe you're hiding food or maybe you're hiding immorality or maybe you're hiding gossip or maybe you're hiding your shopping or maybe you're hiding, um, I don't know, your gambling. But, um, but that in the new covenant, when you have a clean conscience, there's no need to hide. You can, I can willingly say to you, or, or not willingly, but what is the word? Um, freely. Freely say to you, hey, I'm really struggling with this area of my life right now. Can you help me with that? And there's no shame for me. It's just a freedom to be honest and say, I'm having a bad time. I need help right now. And, and there's this willingness on your part to say, yes, I will help you with that. Could you help me with this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so now we're on a team together and there's no more of this pitting one another against each other. Instead, it's we're united together in the gospel. We're held together by Christ and he is empowering us to live differently. That's beautiful. Yes. I think about the years in which I lived under a dark and guilty conscience. And what that does is drag you back out into sin. It does. Yeah. So if you have guilt staining your conscience, if you have pangs of conscience, pangs of guilt, mm -hmm. that just draws you like a moth to a flame back out into sin. It's like an undertow. Having this guilt over you all the time. Well, I will tell you this, it does not matter what you've done or how far you've gone. If you will look at the cross of Christ, you will see that he went farther, yeah. that he accomplished your incomplete forgiveness, right. that he suffered unjustly, that you would be treated as Jesus himself oh, before you. the Father. Um, Jody, I think about how Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.19 to hold on to faith and a good conscience. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, uh, keep believing. Yes. Right? You may have one time heard about what Jesus did on the cross, but you need to keep believing. Hold on to faith. Put your faith in that message again. And maintain a good conscience by cleansing yourself at the cross every day. Right. right, by continuing to wash at the cross. He says, some have rejected these and thereby shipwrecked their faith. Right. And we might add, because we're applying this to relationships, shipwrecked their marriage right. or shipwrecked their friendships. other friendships and mm -hmm. relationships. Yes. Okay, because a bad conscience, a guilty and dark conscience, leads you to act in untruthful ways, right. leads you to act in selfish and sinful ways. Right. And that always destroys, always shipwrecks. It really does. And it's so sad because there is no need for it in the Christian life, right? In the Christian life, we've been given the love of God and the Spirit of God in our hearts. And there is another way. There, we don't have to hide, pretend, wear a mask. We don't have to fake it. And I mean a mask of like protect, of uh, pretending that we're all fine and, and we never do anything wrong. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, in Christ, there is freedom there is freedom to grow in grace. When, when we have um, children and they're learning to walk, right, we don't yell at them when they fall down on their, 
on their bum, right? We just help them back up and say, you got this, you can do it, right? And there's this encouragement and that is how it's supposed to be as we encourage one another to grow in our faith is we encourage each other with the gospel as we say, hey, look, Christ has paid for that sin. He's paid for, uh, rescued you from the power of that sin struggle. You can be free and I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna walk with you. We're gonna do this together. Then it's a totally different experience, isn't it? It's none of this, get your act together and until you do, get out. None of that. It's now, hey, we love each other. We've been saved by grace and we can be gracious to each other. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. When we're saved by grace, grace, we can be gracious to each other. I love how you said that. When you have a cleansed conscience, right. you can live life in a clean way. Yes. Uh, you understand that your sin is paid for. Right. Um, you can't hold on to that sin because if you do, you're saying that your sin is more powerful than Jesus' blood. And it isn't. Right? Jesus' blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Every bit. Uh, you know, and so it's important that if we want to learn to interact in husbands and wives in a way that honors God, that we first understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he removed our sin, and therefore our consciences need to be tied to the Word of God and the blood of Jesus. Yes. Because when that happens, I no longer can carry around this old corpse of sin, right. this these bags full of sin that I would carry around because I really failed. No, I'm not kidding. You should see how I really failed and ruined my life. I No, no, no. I can't talk that way anymore. Mm -mm. My sin ruined Jesus' life. Uh -oh. right. My sin weighed Jesus down. It did. At the same time, it lightened my load. Right. And it picked up my chin off the floor and enabled me to walk with my head held high. Yes. Because my conscience is tied in now to the work of Jesus. Yes, as it should be, right? And that enables us to live in a way that is not constantly dwelling on the past, that doesn't always remind each other of our failings. Mm -hmm. We don't have that awareness anymore. Right. We have the awareness that our sin is removed from us as far as the East is from the West. Right. And so our consciences are cleansed, our mind is renewed, our hearts are new and transformed. Right. This is what Christ has done for me, Jody. He, I don't know if you remember the days, because it's been a while now, right? Of when I, I lived with a dark and condemning conscience and yeah. shame over me all the time. Right. And it's just not there. Right, anymore. because you believe. Now you right. believe in the power of the gospel. You believe that your sins have been forgiven. And you are reminded when you look at the cross how, how much Jesus loves you yeah. and how he does not condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and you are in Christ Jesus. Exactly right. And um, do you remember that verse that says, if our conscience condemns us? Uh, God is greater than our hearts. Right. Yes. Isn't that John? First John? I, I think so. First John 3.20, I think. Even yes. if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. I love that verse. So there's times in the Christian life 
where uh, the accuser of the brethren can throw your sin up in your face. Oh, and he does. And he can remind you of your past failures. Right. And then your conscience begins to listen and to be tied into that. Mm-hmm. God is greater than our hearts. Mm-hmm. We There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. Jody, so what happens is we have to tie our conscience not into our accusations that we hear, not into our past that we live. Not even into our behavior, our current right. behavior. That's right, right. Mm-hmm. yes. But into what God says yes. happened at the cross. Yes. Look at the blood. Yes. <laughs> Stop and look at the cross. And as you do that, you say, wait a minute, those sins aren't even mine. Right. Jesus owned them as if he did them. Exactly. When uh, uh, Jesus uh, told Peter to go find a fish with a shekel in it and then go and pay the tax, the temple tax, what was amazing is that each male person in the Old Testament had to pay a half a shekel. So when Peter found a a fish with a shekel, that was a payment for two. And so as Peter went to make that payment, he was intimately united with Jesus in that payment. And do you remember, Jody, that the reason that the payment was made is so that we would not give offense. Mm. And so when the payment was made, then the offense was removed. Right? Yeah. And so look at the cross, and when the payment was made, your offense was removed. You're no longer offensive to God. Hallelujah. Because the payment has been made, and you were united with Jesus in that payment. Yes. And therefore, you have no guilt. Right. You have no shame anymore. Right, and you don't want to ever put that on another person either. Right. You don't want to be an instrument of the evil one. You don't want to be the one try to shame somebody into repentance or try to guilt them into changing. It never works. It never does, and it never will. Right. Because it's the gospel that transforms, not the anger of man or our shame or our, you know, um, guilt. Right. Yeah. Um. And this is our message. This is the message that the church has to take to the world. Yes. That when Christ died on the cross, your sins were removed, your guilt died, your record of wrongs was nailed to the cross, and there was a fountain open that day, and that fountain can cleanse your conscience, even your very inner thoughts. Mm can be cleansed and washed clean so that you're not carrying around any sin of your past. And you're also interacting with your husband or your wife or your friends, your kids, your parents, whatever, in a way that indicates you're not dragging around sin and guilt of the past. Right. It's a beautiful thing that God has done in not only cleansing our sins, but cleansing our consciences. Yeah. Uh, and that was not available under the old covenant. It wasn't. Because no atoning blood had been spilt, only covering blood. Right. The animals, the blood of the animals covered the sins. The blood of Jesus atones for it. Right. Back then it was the day of atonement. For us, it's the life of atonement. We have a whole lifetime that's been paid for and covered. Every day is covered, not just one. That's beautiful. Yeah. What do you say we pray for someone who is struggling with a, a condemning conscience? 
Maybe they have heard for the first time, Jody, that their conscience even can be clean by coming to the cross. Mm. Let's pray for them. Would you pray for them just to understand that the fountain was opened for the cleansing of their conscience, the freeing of their mind, and the renewing of their entire self. Mm. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for this good word from Hebrews 9. We thank you that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And the guilty plunge beneath that flood have all their guilty stains removed and they're free. Father, I do. I pray for anyone who is struggling today with a heart that is condemning them, a mind that is just weighed down by a guilty conscience because they've done wrong things. We all have, but they're really feeling it. They're just, they think, I can't come to God. I can't be forgiven. I've crossed the line. I've done too much. And I pray that you would just bring them to that fountain today, that you would open up their heart to take in and receive the good news that their sins are forgiven that they have been rescued, ransomed, and redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his victorious um, resurrection where he overcame, overcame all those sins. And I pray that you would just cleanse their conscience and free them up so that they can follow you with joy and, and be free to love, receive your love and love others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. Yeah. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Yes.